This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with fellow man-child, Johnny Carlin. And we are back for another edition of the Rick and Johnny podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcast, one-stop shop for superhero, nerdy news, movie, entertainment. We kind of do everything here in the nerd kind of realm. Yes. And whether it's comics, movies, you have it. We are talking about it. And Johnny, got a jam-packed show today. Going to be talking about... Joss Whedon leaving Batgirl and what that means for the Batgirl project. We're going to look at a movie that you're excited about, even though we're probably not going to get it till 2020, I heard. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong starts filming in October. We're going to talk about what we should expect from that. And then we have kind of a little debate at the end. I don't know if it's a debate, but it's a versus segment where we're going to debate or we're going to discuss what's the better movie idea? Mario animated Sonic animated. So we're going to look at both of those animated movies that will be coming out. But before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Number one, you like what we do, want to help support us, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most developed podcast. For $1, you can get an exclusive Patreon podcast each and every month from the MVP guys. For $10, you can be on a podcast with us talking about what you would like to talk about. Number two, if you want an MVP t-shirt, that store link is down below in the description. Go ahead, grab your own MVP merch. Third, go on iTunes, give the Rick and Johnny podcast a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us and would help us out a lot. And last but not least, go ahead and bookmark Most Valuable Podcast. That's where you'll get everything from MVP, and it'll be right there. Right for you at MVP.com. Well, not MVP.com, MoselPodcast.com. It will yes. be there for you. But Johnny, let's dive into our first topic. And this is a big one. This is this is the doozy of the podcast. Like yes. the big news of the week. Joss Whedon leaving the Batgirl project. And the thing I wanted to read before I usually throw it to you here oh, at the he's beginning. Have a quote from is a I do. I, I have a quote from um THR's report of Whedon's departure, and here's what they say. Sources say that Whedon, after a year of trying, could not crack the code of what a Batgirl movie should be. Wonder Woman, meanwhile, became a cultural phenomena as well as one of the biggest hits and most acclaimed movies of 2017. Industry sources add that even as Whedon faced story issues, in today's cultural and entertainment environment, a male filmmaker may have faced greater public scrutiny if he were to have tackled a movie with such feminist importance as a Batgirl or Wonder Woman, much like a white filmmaker would have been um, backlash-taking on the Black Panther movie, end quote. I just want to ask you, plain and simple, what does his departure mean for Batgirl? What does it mean for the Batgirl project? Well, I mean, there's many different things that have been been said to go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be he had a writer's block for a full year and not know what to do with it, which is why he walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff in his personal life. Um and uh, I forgot how they say it. Um, ma- something marital part mm-hmm. of it. Um, I mean, who? I, I I need a definitive answer of why he walked away from it, aside from possibly just it being writer's block. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it could be a good thing because we could get a f- the same person that did Wonder Woman in there, maybe. Mm-hmm. And she did a phenomenal job with Wonder Woman, so I don't see why she couldn't do a good job with Batgirl. If well, not, maybe getting someone that kind of could do that dark tonality that needs to be the Batverse. I mean, it doesn't need to be nearly as dark as Batman or mm-hmm. even something with Nightwing, but it still needs that dark tonality to it in some way. Well, and the thing that I think about first and foremost is, what is first, what does it mean for the Batgirl movie? I'll be honest. It yeah. puts it on the back burner. Like that's I, true. I was excited. I, about that. I was excited for Batgirl. Now I'm like, well, if I see it, I see it. Like that's what I'm feeling right now. If well, we get it. If I get it, I'll be happy. Like the same thing with the Nightwing movie. Where have you heard the news going on around that? I don't think where I did. The director of even the Nightwing movie that DC was going to do. Um, he got hired to do a Dungeons and Dragons movie Ooh. that's going to film and be 
before Nightwing, but it might clash with Nightwing. And that director came out and said, no, I want to do Nightwing 2. The only way I'm stepping away from this project is if Warner Brothers fires me. So now they're in that situation, too. So you're going to do that movie. And most of these movies are revolving around the bigger point. They're Batverse or what I'm calling yeah. their Batverse because it looks like with Matt Reeves' Batman that they kind of want to make their own Bat family Batverse. Yeah. Where it's like we've got the Batgirl movie. We've got the Nightwing movie. We've got our Batman movie. Instead of making it an entire DCEU Another thing that I think about that you didn't throw out there that hmm. could have been a reason why Whedon was like, you know what, I'm going to step away. All the backlash that was directed at him yeah. after Justice League. Well, I didn't get to that one yet. Now, I'm not going to say that, first off, I'm not going to say people shouldn't have their opinion on that, but I didn't understand why people were going after Joss Whedon because think about the position that you were in. If you were stepping in for um, Zack Snyder, who had to leave the project, for the family issues that was going on with him, the tragedy yeah. that was going on in his life, what, are you expected just to step in and be a yes man and basically, yep, okay, we're going to do it this way? Or does the creative juices like, hey, I'm a creative mind. I was hired to take this over. I'm going to do my job and make the decisions that I feel like are there. Like that side that could have been another reason why he's no longer with the Batgirl project because, hey, of the criticism that he got at the end of Justice League. Exactly. I mean, with all the amount of backlash that came with it. And mm -hmm. honestly, you don't know if Zack Snyder's parts were better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people claiming, well, we want to see Zack Snyder's part of it. And maybe we'll get to see it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But, I mean, you don't know if it's better. So, just because Joss Whedon... He came in mid-project. What are you going to expect him to get done? He, you can't like redo rehash the whole movie. Mm -hmm. At the at the at some point, like you're already in on it. You can't like he had to do a ton of reshoots. Am I correct when we were reading about that before? Yeah. He had to do a lot of reshoots. You can't like just scrap the whole movie and restart it. That's too much money out of the no, companies. And of course, pocket. like reshoot reshoots, you're not gonna do that because like you said, you're gonna drive that price up and it's like, great, we're gonna lose money on this because we have to do the reshoots. And I mean the whole thing with the Henry Cavill yeah. mustache gate that was going on with that one as well. What I'm looking at right now is apparently to get on the writer's block part of this, apparently Joss Whedon was going to adapt the million-dollar debut of Batgirl, yeah. that story arc. And if you're not familiar with it, kind of the little synopsis that I'm reading through is, so Barbara Gordon, daughter of uh, Commissioner Gordon, mm -hmm. um, is going to attend a policeman's ball. She has a costume that she designed in the style of Batman. She gets to the country club, finds the villain Killer Moth, attacking one of the guests, Bruce Wayne. Um, she dives into them, giving Wayne a chance to escape. Um, Batman then changes, or Batman becomes Batman, um, and then he returns to find, um, or to give Batgirl a hand. Killer Moth then uses a uh, silk gun to web Batgirl to Bruce's car and then escapes with his underling. So it's kind of like, to me, it looks like a story of like, hey, this was one where we're going to jump in where she's already becoming Batgirl. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get the setup of like Barbara Gordon herself. We're going to jump in. She's Batgirl. And then her dealing with Bruce to where it's, hey, I want to be a part of this. No, you can't. I can't put um, my know. friend's daughter in harm. No, I want to do this. Like that kind of a thing. Yeah. That looks like the story arc that. Whedon was trying to put together mm -hmm. for this Batgirl movie. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the thing. I don't get what I don't know what goes into rewriting these stories mm -hmm. to make it because I would feel like to me it's kind of just follow the co the comic. I mean, yeah, there's some parts you're gonna have to cut out. There's some parts you're gonna have to rehash, and obviously you got to kind of Hollywood it. And I use this term a lot, and Ricky knows that mm -hmm. um, to make it adaptable for screen. Yeah. And I don't know what goes into that, but I would feel like you have a pretty solid base if you just follow the comic, either mm -hmm. comic book or the 
the comic book series and just take as much of that story as you need. And yeah, it's kind of nice to, I like some of the things we've been doing and seeing and this is where you kind of hash some stories together so that you get elements of this one, you get elements mm-hmm. of this one. And it's not like, oh, well, I've already read this. No, and that's exactly it. And I mean, the thing that I hope that moving forward, here's what I hope that yeah. the Warner Brothers does. Because right now I'm kind of looking at an article for who should be the director yeah. of Batgirl. And really my mind is I'm kind of like, let's go the let's go the route that we've just seen for two movies so far. The first one is Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. The second one is Black Panther. Um, the Black Panther director name is slipping me right now, but you had Patty Jenkins who did Wonder Woman, the guy who did um, Black Panther. Those two coming into that first movie, not very known by many. So that contract was very small. Yeah. But like now Patty Jenkins, with what she did with Wonder Woman... She getting paid for Wonder Woman too. Uh, she you, getting paid. You're looking for the director, you said. Yes. Uh, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. That was I knew, it right. I knew his initials were RC. Yeah. I just didn't want to yeah, mess RC. up his name. Um, I knew the initials were RC though. Like so the you cola. Got, yeah, you got Coogler and you've got Jenkins. I part of me says let's go with a director like that, where it's like yeah. it's a name where a name that I might not know. However. I will throw out there that I feel like this movie has to have a female director. Kind of like how Wonder Woman has Patty Jenkins, how Honestly, Black Panther had Coogler. Maybe who was even bring back Patty Jenkins. Get her to do Batgirl and Wonder Woman? She did great with Wonder Woman. True. She's already doing, well, she's doing Wonder Woman 2, right? She's yes. working on that one. She is inked on, I believe, to do Wonder Woman 2. Why not just have her do another... She's already working for Warner Brothers. Have her do... Like, hey, well, that would we're signing you on to do this one, too. Yeah, that'd be a whole nother contract. They would just, it is another whole Let's be honest. Contract. They would just wrap the contract and give her the money. That's basically what it would be. Exactly. Um, but I'm looking at the art, an article right now from Screen Rant, and some of the directors that they throw out, all females, are... You've got Michelle McLaren, who has worked with... The X-Files, Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Westworld. I look at that and I just look at the past. That one kind of scares me a little bit almost Mm. Um, because I would be afraid of, all right, you've done all these things, but it's an extensive television resume. Yeah. Your television is far different than an actual movie. Not saying that it can't be There's done. There's elements that can tie over. It's not that it can't be done. The second one I see is Jodie Foster, who, of course, is known for her acting career, but she's also directed... Um, she just directed, I believe, an episode of Black Mirror on Netflix. Okay. Um, I have not seen it. I've been told I need to watch it, but I'm sorry. People tell me that it's like creepy and it's going to make you fear like machines Ricky in the future. Like this. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to fear the future. Ricky already um, fears machines. She's um, directed. <laughs> she had credits in House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, um, and the feature film um, The Beaver. Um, so I mean, hmm. that's one you could go with. Anna Lily Airpar. I hope I said that right. Um, she's. Directorial debut was A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night in 2014, which was part vampire film, part spaghetti western. Um, and then Reed Murano, they have here, who her debut was Meadowland in 2015. So the last two are kind of new up and coming. I would say lean more towards a, I'm not saying this exactly, but based off of like the, what I've just read with names. Yeah. I would go more off of a like, Reed Murano type where or even like a um Anna Lily type where it's like all right you had your first directorial debut was 2014 your directorial debut was 2015 this is going to be your first shot at a big time production yeah. for a movie because of course in the interview room everything has to go right you got to feel the right one like for example Apparently, McLaren, who was the TV um, director, the extensive TV resume. Yeah. Apparently, she was linked to Wonder Woman before Patty Jenkins was put in charge. Hmm, So, if that's true, that might play into it a little bit. 
that might not play into it a little bit. But here's what I want to ask you. Completely different. Well, if no. You, if you have a retort to the directoral thing, go ahead and say Um, it. I mean, the only thing I'm wanting is... I can I can get maybe bring someone that was mm-hmm. smaller to make kind of like you said Patty Jenkins yeah. and the other one they smaller roles and then mm-hmm. this like their big thing like Black Panther mm-hmm. was a big um the thing you get with that is you have to hope they do as well as these ones because it's not always going to happen like that but my thing is either that or bringing like so, like I said I the only reason I just keep going back to Patty mm-hmm. Jenkins it doesn't have to be her specifically someone who did a really good job in a role somewhat similar you want a, an empowering woman right mm-hmm. like you want that you want her to get the you want her to be able to pull out from the actress an empowering woman role mm-hmm. you need to find someone who has already done that and have them do it again in on the big screen I mean, there's a chance that like with such an extensive um and i forgot what name you said who's the got the extensive resume for the uh, uh tv michelle mclaren michelle mclaren she, if she has done this with actresses on mo- multiple TV shows, mm-hmm. she can possibly put that onto the big screen. Because, yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, there's elements that can cross over. But what were you going to ask? Here's one thing that I just read was I'm kind of, after reading this, I'm kind of happy that the million dollar debut of Batgirl mm-hmm. is not going to be the main story arc because yeah. I'm reading. A synopsis of it from a different website, and here's what it says. Okay. Okay, so the story is pretty thin and really dated. And then in parentheses it says, Batman tells her she can't team up with them because they can't worry about a girl. I don't think something that's that dated would work Ooh. today. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go with that. I like, mean, that, that, that would be where they all make alterations to the story. But this is where... I kind of ask you, and this is what we'll end this segment with before we move on into Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Just like we did for Black Widow, just like we did for that when we talked about that movie, Johnny, clean slate. Okay. You are now the writer, director, head of the Batgirl Project. Congratulations. It's a a big shoes to fill in Joss Whedon. I don't know if that's a good idea. Where do you start? What kind of story would you start with if you were penning a Batgirl movie? Well, here's one that kind of blew your mind a little bit. A little bit. And uh, first thing I brought up to you before the show, use a killing joke. Why not? Exactly. I'm not saying... I mean, I didn't say no, and you didn't say no either, and you're you're the bat person. Here's the only thing that I would... Here's the only thing when we I get mean, if, into... I at first it was partially a joke, but it's like, actually, it's not a terrible idea. But the thing that I look into, and here's the only thing that I have, my only qualm, qualm. with the Barbara Gordon thing. If we're going to do the storyline yeah. where we're pushing her, and I'm thinking animated series right now in my head, mm-hmm. if we're pushing her off the building and we're making her Oracle, do you, like... What's your plan for Batgirl in the story, in the Batverse? I think it's hard to know that without having a Batman movie yet. Yeah. It's hard to have that when you're only, the only thing we've seen of Batman is BVS, which, (coughs) gag, bad. Sorry for that. I just didn't like it. Then you have Justice League, which is not a Batman solo movie. No. So I think we need... We need the Batman solo movie before we can decide what to do with Barbara Gordon. However, I wouldn't be against. What kind of balls would that say from the director from Warner Brothers to say, yeah, you know what? We're going to go Batgirl, but we're going to go Oracle Batgirl. Yeah. We're going to go where, and I know people would be like, oh, great. Let's just make her behind the camera and she's going to be the one that's the tech whiz and not out there fighting. I get that part of it because there are probably people that are like, no, I want to see her in the costume. I want to see her actually fighting crime. And then maybe you don't kill, you don't do the killing joke part right away. No, I you don't push her off the building in the first movie, but that's something they can obviously lead to. I would love, like when you brought it up, I had that oh crap moment of, could you imagine the Christopher Nolan verse? With or without bail, you can give or take. But just that Commissioner Gordon holding Barbara in his arms as she has just been pushed off a building. 
Just get, just give, I mean, old, just give Oldman the Academy you, Award now. You don't want to see that part, and then all of a sudden, I'm sorry for what happened. <laughs> I should have been there to stop it. Yeah, maybe, maybe we recast <laughs> Christian Bale. So maybe we recast. Like before, I was like, oh, give or take. No, we recast that because I don't want to see Harvey Dent. Can we trust him? <laughs> And it would, you know what? Honestly, I know, I know, I know we're, I know we're not getting Christopher Nolan back, but it would work because you want to know why? We've what? already introduced the Scarecrow in that universe. Mm-hmm. We've already introduced the Joker. Of course, we'd have to sadly recast the Joker. Um, but the villains are there. The main two villains are there. That's the only way I would do Killing Jokes if we can bring back the Nolan, Nolan cast, except for Remington or Christian Bale. Because after you did that voice, I did not, I did not want to do any anything. Because I can imagine <laughs> Gary Oldman giving me the best scene he's ever been in. There's so much emotion, <laughs> and by. then Christian Bale. I'm sorry this happened. I know I'm doing a shit job of it's it. It's not. Per- it's not too far off. I'm doing though. a. Per- I'm purposely doing a shit job of it, just so you to clarify to you guys. But that's, I can do a better version of it. I just like making fun of that. But that's the. You know what yours kind of sounds like huh. the, the college humor. Yes, that's one. What, that's what I'm going with. Okay, but I. I it's not that that's, far off. That's why at the end of it, I did Harvey Dent. Huh? Can we trust him? All right, I got one for you. Okay. What if, and this is what I'll end the pod, end the segment with. Yeah, I'm going to let you bring up the, the storyline because you you're drink. the bad verse, yes. Why not do a Birds of Prey type thing where Birds of Prey is Elaborate for me. Nightwing and Batgirl. Okay. And the one I'm looking at is called On Wings, Bat Prey number eight, or Birds of Prey number eight. This story chronicles the first date, although they um, vehemently call it, do not call it a date, between Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, and what a lovely date it is. There's no supervillains in this story, no threats, no world-shaking crises, just Dick and Barbara, old friends potentially becoming something more. When Dick asks Barbara what she misses most since her paralysis, she replies that it's the sensation of flying through the air. So Dick takes her to the circus, and they fly through the air. It's wonderful. Not saying completely with that. What if we go off of that? However, she'd either have to be paralyzed first Mm -hmm. or you just take the side of it where, hey, we're going to take this aspect into it. And but she's not going to be paralyzed at this point. And the thing reading through this, you know, what would work better for a Batgirl movie more so than the Black Widow movie? Hmm. Takawahiti's idea. Could you imagine a rom-com with Batgirl and Nightwing? That would be interesting. Because I could. We'd have to find another storyline to bring it in with so you have some villains in there. There has to be a villain. There has to be at least a villain Mm -hmm. in there. But then, like, that way you have the, the, like, you can bring the one aspect into it of it being a date Mm rom-com by, say his name again for me because I always mispronounce it. Oh, Takawahiti? Yes. Um, Bring his idea of a rom-com into it. Bring another storyline into it because that's why I'm le- I'm leaving it to you. You're mm. the bad verse guy. I got another You're, one. I got another so one. So I'm not. You. I'm not very really well versed in it. What about this one? So this one's called War Games. Okay, and it has multiple titles. So there's a lot going on in the War Games story, which spread throughout nearly every Gotham-based book in DC's slate at the time. This was 0405. Um But while you might argue that this was Batman's story or even a bigger story for the ill-fated Stephanie Brown, it also features Barbara Gordon's life being turned on its head. Fearing that Batman will die in his pursuit of Black Mask, Barbara manipulates events so that the two face off in her clock tower. When things look dire, Barbara blows up the clock tower, knowing that Batman will save her rather than continue his foolish pursuit. Batman doesn't take too kindly to what she, what he sees as as overreach by his former protege and essentially banishes her from Gotham City, which is when Barbara moves the entire Birds of Prey operation to Metropolis. Oh, wow. You could do a story like that. Here's 
here's the thing though. This first one, I don't know how you can do a Batgirl like the thing is where like I was reading about Black Panther, they said, Oh, it was almost an origin story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can do that same thing with Batgirl because the universe hasn't been built. At least Wakanda, we were we know what Wakanda is. We knew about it in other movies. Black Panther was in another References movie. References to everything, yeah. This Batgirl movie has to be an origin story. It has to, yeah. It has to be an origin story. And that's why I just look at like one like Batgirl year one, which is basically taking the bones of the origin story and offering new depth to it in the journey. That's what we're have to go with. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, as, as cool as these all sound, mm-hmm. you can't really like throw throw it right into Oracle already because mm-hmm. a a lot of people aren't going to be happy with that. No, there's going to be people, and I would want it too. I'd want to see her in the Batgirl costume for yeah, a little at least, bit, for at least at least for a little bit. Yeah, at least a movie or two. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we move on? No, it'd be interesting to figure out because um, I mean, there's obviously more origin stories or stuff that you can tie other movies or movies, other um, comic book storylines you can mm-hmm. tie it in with. Like I said, I was leaving this more up to you yep. of because you have more um, of the Batverse I got behind one, you than I do. I got one more. I'm going to leave you guys with. Let me know what you guys think about this one down below. Wanted. Batgirl Volume 4. I'm going to tell this guy about it off camera, but I want you guys to look up on it. Tell me what you think down below. Let us know what you guys think about the Batgirl project. Where does it stand right now, now that Joss Whedon is leaving the project? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Johnny, let's move on into our next topic, and we're taking a look at one that you very much like. Yes. When we saw Game Night this past Thursday, Mm -hmm. I told you about this, and your face lit up. And I was like, you know what? This needs to be a topic. Johnny needs some. I got to throw you a bone every now and then. We're talking Godzilla versus Kong. Filming is set to begin later this year in October. October 2018 is when they will start filming. I'm going to ask you. Yes. What should we expect from Godzilla and Kong? The 2020 movie, that's when it's going to come out. I'm just hoping for a good f- epic battle. That's it. That's all I'm. That's uh, it. All I'm expecting. You don't care about things like writing and character development and story. Why, why do we need character development? We it's have two King... monsters fighting each other. I mean, we got the Rampage movie coming out. True. True. <laughs> we'll get to that Three in a monster. later date. Three I don't... monsters fighting each other. <laughs> why? Why give <laughs> different podcast? Why give the Wolf Wings? But that's a different podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. I. I... I digress. Go no, ahead. I think it. And I, I, what I'm really happy to hear that I was reading through and they, an article we got. Mm-hmm. Just I'm gonna read this real short part. Go ahead. Wingward has promised that the film will have a clear winner of the epic battle. None of this. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> but is, is he? <laughs> no, I'm just happy we're gonna so get a definitive winner. One of them is going to die. Yes. Well. I'm pretty sure that, that that's what that means. No, but I mean... One of them is going to die. <laughs> but a clear winner could be, oh, he won the fight, but Kong's just going to be... Like, if it's Kong that dies, yeah, Godzilla won the fight, but Kong's not going to mess with him anymore. It could be one of those, but I feel like... I think it, if you're doing clear winner, though, just kill one of them. Clear winner, one of them's going to die. So I want to ask you this. This is off of that. Yeah. If you had to pick, which one would you... If you were the director... Which one would you have win? Would See, you go more so on this is who I would think would win or, okay, who do we want to set up for another movie? Because the one thing that you mentioned before we hit the record button, mm-hmm. and it was kind of funny, you read something where it was like, oh, that the um, Wingard wants to link it to Godzilla 2. And you go, all right, so Godzilla wins. <laughs> I mean, we are we only had what one actual Godzilla movie? I think we might have had two. We had two. Okay, I think they... there was a second one to the yeah. Ooh. Oh, there was a two. No, I don't no. There being Godzilla two. King of Monsters is supposed to be 2019. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't come out. Okay, yet. so it's supposed to come out before yeah. the Kong Con- mm-hmm. vs. Godzilla. Okay, so then never mind on that on my little joke there. So it's gonna tie together. It's I gonna believe. tie that one together. Ooh, that one's gonna have Millie Bobby Brown in it. Huh. And Kyle Chandler, who we saw in Game Night, Ooh. as uh, as oh, what was his name? Bra, Bra- no, Blake, something with a B. I don't remember his um, character from Game Night, but uh, no, I remember this, the night, not the morning. This one, <laughs> this <laughs> one is the. Here's the thing that worries me about it. Yeah, it's Wingard. When the, the director worries the crap out of me, Adam Wingard, 
worries the crap I know, out of I know. me. The See, reason why he worries the crap out of me is because you look at the movies that he's directed so far, a lot of them before 2016, mm-hmm. I look at and go, what? What movie? Like, And that's not the huge problem. No. Like, we talked about in Batgirl. You can get a director. Look at Patty Jenkins. No one knew who she was. Wonder Woman. Now people know Bam. who Patty Jenkins is. Ryan uh, Coogler is the same thing. Here's the thing that bothers me with Wingard. The first movie that I would say is his beginning at, like, the top, the Blair Witch remake. Mm-hmm. Yes, critics are critics, and there are times with us doing reviews we don't agree with them. Yeah. But just to use the IMDb... Um, reviews as a basis, a 5 out of 10. Not a terrible movie, but I see 2.5 out of 5, and I go, all right, so it wasn't a great movie. Yeah. Then you look at Death Note, where, yeah, it's a 4.6 out of 10, but from everyone that I know, because I was going to watch the Death Note movie. I was going to, I just didn't. I think it's even in my queue right now. I was going to, because I'm like, you know what? I... Like William Defoe, I think it's going to be funny. This is what I'm going to go with. I think it's going to be good. Dave literally told me, don't waste your time. He oh, watched wow, really? it before me and was like, don't wait. Like, Dave can correct me if I'm wrong, but don't. He's like, don't waste your time. And I was like, okay. Like, Dave didn't like it. My other friends that were in the Death Note didn't fucking like it as well. Wow. So that's the thing that worries about worries me about this is Wingard. Yeah. You've got... Two movies, your last two movies, not so hot when it comes to the critiques. And like I said, yeah. take the critiques with a grain of salt because everyone's going to have different tastes. But I look at that and I go, oh, is, is right now I got to be proven wrong because right now I'm starting to lean towards was is Wingard going to be the right decision for this movie at the directorial position. I completely agree, and that's because part of it I was reading earlier in mm-hmm. that same thing that I read to you, and I think you were just reading from. Promise it, this monster movie mashup promises to be dark and depressing. I'm like, wait, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get some elements and some parts of it can be, especially like yeah. when Godzilla comes and attacks another mm-hmm. town or something like that. That makes complete sense. Yeah, things get depressing, things get dark. Mm-hmm. But like when you describe that when it's supposed to be a monster versus monster movie, why? Why is it that part? That part's just supposed to be well, like action packed and full of destruction. I mean, even to go because I'm seeing where you read. If yeah. you continue there, Wingard plans to explore the reality of the destruction left behind by the uh, by the cryptids epic and dangerous battle. The goal is to pay reverence to the original film's Hiroshima symbology. Kong Skull Island director Jordan Vaught-Roberts has expressed his confidence in Wingard as a director, praising him for his ability to recognize the anime, manga, mech sensibility he brought to Skull Island and his ability to incorporate that into Godzilla vs. Kong and of course, Wingard has promised that, of course, it will have yeah. a clear winner. Yeah, I mean that part. That part, the rest of it there, mm-hmm. I, I get it. That's does sound. It's great symbolism. It's really good, and I just like you said, part of it's because of his ratings on his last few movies mm-hmm. were not terribly great, as well as I, I. I when you put that aspect in there, that's where the dark and depressing comes in. But I would hope really more so the ending of it would be the monster battle, not the... The beginning? Mi- beginning slash middle, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I would say the end is the epic battle. Yeah. The en- the battle comes at the end. And that's what I would really hope for. The thing that I... And of course I'm using one movie as reference for yeah. this. But the one thing that made me kind of go, eh, Really? Really? Is um, the part where they said, um, Vogue, Vogue Roberts said that he praised him for his ability to recognize the anime manga mech sensibility. Just the anime manga part, I look at that and go, all right, if you had such great ability to recognize that, why do people not like Death Note? That's very true. Why do people Death not Note's like an anime. a anime that you adapted into the real world? Mm-hmm. 
people didn't like it. I don't know if that was, and that's the thing that dives into a deeper topic. Was Death Note the problem with it? Was it the director's fault? Was it the, um, didn't like the actor choice in it? There's many things that go into that. The writing. Of course, this movie, good or bad, is not going to be all on Adam Wingard. No, not all of it. I'm just, right now, I know it's 2018. I know they even haven't started filming it. We're not going to get it till 2020. I am not, I'm not super skeptical. Eh, That's not the word. I'm not super excited, I'll say. Yeah. Because skeptical would be, I think, where I am going. I'm very skeptic, I think is what I'm saying, about this movie. Yeah. Whereas... Another thing that kind of plays into this, and this isn't Wingard's fault at all, Kong Skull Island, that was like, what, a year ago? I think so. We we like we did that early on when we started the Rick and Johnny podcast. So 2017 is when we had Kong Skull Island, the beginning of it. So like February, March. And then it's like, all right, so 2018, 2019, it's going to be three years yeah. till I get another movie Well, didn't in they that say 2019 vein? we're supposed to get uh, Godzilla King of Monsters? That's right. Godzilla so there's going to be Monsters. a movie in between there, um, which ties in with that first Godzilla movie mm-hmm. with Brian Cranston, if I remember correctly. Yes. And I'll be honest, I didn't see that one still. Shame on me. But I, what I was thinking is, I don't know... I know the older story, Godzilla more so becomes the hero when it comes to those really old ones, because I've seen bits and pieces of them. And he defeats Kong, which mm-hmm. is significantly smaller than him in that film, which I'm hoping they kind of make it more of a fair matchup. Mm-hmm. Because, let's see, we 70s Kong was probably as tall as some of those mountains, mountain ridges they had, would you say? Or close yeah. to? Um, so we had Kong, but he's not nearly as tall as Godzilla in the Brian Cranston one. Mm-hmm. But the question is, I didn't since I didn't see the Brian Cranston one, you guys correct me if I'm wrong as well. Was he more of a villain-esque monster? Was it more of just a uh, force of nature thing going on? Or I don't know if you saw it. No, that one, I'll be completely honest. I looked at it and went, not interested. Okay. At the time, like, because TBH. Yes, um, TBH. I was actually looking at, like, old versions of Godzilla just to see how he's progressed. Um. The Godzilla that came out when we were kids, do you remember that monstrosity? I do remember that one. The one where it was like, oh, you just took a T-Rex and made the fucking head, like, super, like, big and... Kind of like T-Rex-sized raptor. It's not Godzilla, though. It was just a dinosaur. It was a giant dinosaur. It was a dinosaur with a weird head. With the Taco Bell commercials. My side note on that? Here, laser, laser, laser. Here's my side note on that one. Uh-huh. If it was so big, how the hell did it lay eggs inside the building on that I floor? I don't know. I don't know. That movie was that movie confused me. <laughs> I, I, I want to know how the it thing, got The thing I will most remember there. from that Godzilla is the commercial of the Taco Bell dog with the bag next to him going, here, lizard, lizard, lizard. I remember that. Here, lizard, 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 and then quiero Taco Bell. Yep. That's what. I, that's the only thing I'll remember from that movie besides like the... Remember the the uh, font for that too, where it was like the black with the neon green. Yeah, I do remember that outline, and like the poster was just like the eye of Godzilla. See, those po- those things were kind of cool. Yeah, but then you saw the movie, and, and it was, was like, like, "What oh, the hell is this? What did you What did you feed me? Yeah, what did you feed me? You fed me crap. What are yeah. you doing? But we digress. This one, because I'm looking at Godzilla King of Monsters 2019, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be the next chapter to the Warner Brothers Legacy. Um, pictures, Monsterverse, as they're calling it, and it's going to pit Godzilla against some of the most popular monsters in pop culture history. So I'm assuming this is one where we get him against Mothra. We get him against all the creatures we saw at the end of Kong Skull Yeah, inside the caves. Mm -hmm. No, actually, now that you say that, King of Monsters, and the title just clicked in my head, there's going to be at least a fight between him and someone else. Yes. Which makes him king of monsters, whether it's just fighting one or fighting multiple. I would say mo- fighting most of them. That's uh, what I would say. It's just the only reason I say that, too, is because I don't... God damn, I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of them. Because I know there's like the three-headed... And they they may very well readapt all these on how they look exactly. King Ghidorah? Is that what the you're three-headed yeah. uh, Hydra th- with wings? I'm looking them up right now. Yeah, I there's Mothra. The there's um, and I don't think they're going to go with uh, Mecha Godzilla. Uh, 
Mecha Godzilla. There is a Mecha Godzilla. There is a robotic Godzilla. Um, there's a few of them aside from mm-hmm. Mecha Godzilla, which again, I don't think we're gonna get. But like Ibria, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm pro- uh, if I'm pronouncing any of these wrong. Correct us as always. Correct us, please. I, I, I mean you. Probably can't because you type mm-hmm. it and I can read it right here. You can here. type it phonetically. Yeah, I get, oh, that's true. You can type it phonetically. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodan, I think, is one that he regularly fights. Mm-hmm. Mothra, obviously. I think it would be cool, like, him fighting some of these smaller monsters. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you the picture. I don't know if you want to try posting it, like, a link to yeah, it below. We'll try. Um, it would be cool if they went with kind of an adaptation mm-hmm. based off well, of this. Godzilla size. Um because King Ghidorah in this mm-hmm. one is, like, massively taller than him. So it'd be awesome yeah. for him to, like, fight these smaller said monsters and kind of prove, his, in a sense, prove his merit against the three-headed mm-hmm. King, uh, wow, I just forgot his name already, King Ghidorah. <laughs> I forgot the pronunciation for a second. Because, um, like, this thing is just massively bigger than him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I'm going to be king of the effing monsters now. And then that would, then that would actually kind of tie in where we don't have to have um the mo- like what you and I were talking about Godzilla v King Kong where it's like well why would you put the monster fight in the beginning or the middle no the aftermath well, of this pro- this thing started here, off that way and then here's bring- the monsters I think are going to be in it okay let's go off of what they gave us already okay so at the end of Sorry, Kong Skull Island yeah they show the little thing. The first picture we see on the wall, obviously Godzilla. Yes. The second picture we see, and you can help me with names, is the pterodactyl. That would be Rodan, I think. So we have Rodan. There's a pterodactyl there. This, the third one yeah, is obviously Mothra because yes, it's, a it's a big, a giant, giant moth. moth on the wall. And then the last one is what looks to be a three-headed dragon. Which would be King Ghidorah. Which would be King Ghidorah. And that's what we're left with is just those three. So I would say that Godzilla, um, King of Monsters, and what we see in the very last one is Godzilla on the left, Ghidorah on the right, and it looks like they're going to fight. So I'm assuming it's going to be Rodan, Mothra, uh, Ghidorah, and Godzilla, where Godzilla comes out as King of Monsters. And then goes up against Kong somehow. Yeah. Um, but that would be cool because, like you said, it's going to tie in two mm-hmm. with King. And it's like, okay, now it's starting to make sense now that I can put it, put the pieces together. Yeah. We, like I said, you and I had the worry at first of, mm-hmm. oh, why would you put it in the beginning or middle? No, yeah. you can put King Kong at the end fight. They have still have the mm-hmm. end fight at the end and then still have the storyline of the aftermath because of the these fights in the mm-hmm. the second the second Godzilla movie. Well, and also the thing that play is going to be interesting is where is this going to take place? Yes. Because Kong was on Skull Island. But this is not going to be on Skull Island. No. Um this one um I mean I think the Cranston one, mm-hmm. I'm just going to call it that way so we know which yeah. Godzilla. I think that was New Yorkish area, okay. right? I don't think I don't I see don't know. The thing is, I don't see Cranston on the IMDb. They could be linked. I think that I don't know could, if they're going to have him in this, this yeah. one again. But they, I think there it used to be talked mm-hmm. that that one's linked to this one. I'm very interested to see Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. in that movie. Well, maybe they'll just maybe they're kind of like saying, "Hey, this is just the introduction. Mm-hmm. We're no longer going to have anything to do with that, other yeah. than the fact that this is Godzilla." Just reboot it a little bit, it, like a semi reboot, like maybe a retcon. It, maybe could be. It'd be kind of cool. Maybe just. Make it, make it its origins. It's in mm-hmm. Tokyo. Um, it could True. be so any coastal area, basically. Mm-hmm. I'd say New York, um, kind of a little still far off. No, LA. It's a little far off from there. Any San ma- Francisco? Large city. San Francisco's basically right on the bay. Could be. Um, I'm just saying anything with a yeah. large city with large buildings mm-hmm. that's right off that's the That's right coast. on the water. Yeah. With Tokyo Chicago, I'm one. sorry, we're out of it. We can't do it. No, I'm sorry. We're he's little... coming from Lake Michigan. <laughs> oh, oh no. no, the water cold. <laughs> the water's cold. No. Lake effects. Lake oh, effects. No. I got to come up through the ice because it's February. I mean, I think I think that's why any most of them would stay away from Chicago. Yeah. Like, I, you just see Godzilla frozen like this? I, well, we got a few months, guys. I hate how cold it is. But any <laughs> final thoughts on Godzilla Kong before um, we move into the last topic? I'm excited. And um, if it's anything 
You, you asked in the beginning my prediction mm-hmm. of who's going to win. If it's going to be based off of the old movies, I want Kong to win. It, I do too. He seems like a, <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. I'm pulling for Kong. That's who I'm pulling for. Um, if it's like the movies, though, it was it was Godzilla because mm-hmm. he was basically the good guy. I don't know how they're portraying uh, not Kong. But they portrayed Kong as a good guy in Kong. Exactly, which Island. would be an interest. That'd be an in- what a twist. What a twist. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting. I'm hoping, like I said. Kong's going to be more of a fair match. He's going to have grown since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, it p- took place in the 70s. True. This one's modern day. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's kind of more of a fair fight at that point. We'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm pulling for Kong, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. In the comment section, what are your first thoughts about Godzilla versus Kong? Also, Godzilla, King of Monsters. We talked about that one, yeah. too. Um, kind of forgot. Kind of I personally forgot that that one was even happening. I thought that Kong and Godzilla get me that because that's the next one I want to see. But let me know what you guys fight, think fight, down fight. below in the comment section. But Johnny, let's move on into our final topic. What we're moving into is two movies that will be coming to us very, very soon. And we're looking at Mario, which Nintendo confirmed will be an animated movie that they're working with Universal's Illumination Entertainment the same company that did Despicable Me and Minions. And then you also have Paramount Pictures is saying they're going to give a video game movie adaptation to Sonic the Hedgehog to come stateside in Hmm. November 2019. That Sonic movie is going to be a live-action CGI hybrid project. Interesting. And the film will be produced by Deadpool director Tim Miller and Fast and the Furious franchise producer, Neil H. Mortis, um, among others. Here's what I want to ask you, though. Which is the better Which is the better idea for a movie? The animated Mario movie from Illumination or the live-action CGI hybrid Sonic the Hedgehog? Here we go! Um, you know what? This is actually a really hard one for me to pick now that I have... Is it hard after you just gave me the Mario? Here we go. No, honestly, I'm gonna pick Mario over Sonic. But mm-hmm. now that like I have more of the details like sinking in, mm-hmm. it's gonna be really cool to see a hybrid. Like, I mean, I, that, the that CGI concern, that concerns me. It concerns you, but at the same time, it's kind of cool the concept if they do it right. Mm-hmm. If they do it right, kind of a semi CGI Eggman. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're gonna basically almost and. Andy Serkis almost the whole rest of the movie. Maybe. Probably. Just, uh, pro- really, maybe? Well, the thing <laughs> I... guys put no, on the Sonic costume. <laughs> the thing I worry about is that, like... The thing with the Sonic... I want to pick the Sonic movie. I do. I know you do. I do, because I'm a, Se- I'm a Sega fanboy. Like, Sega over Nintendo. I was Sonic the Hedgehog over Mario. Sonic was... My life, playing the Sonic games, watching Sonic on TV, the cartoons that came out during our childhood. I want to be like, fuck yeah, Sonic's the way to go. The Hedgehog beating Jumpman over here. However, I don't... Eggman. I don't know. Mario. Mario's Jumpman. Mario we're doing is Mar- Jumpman. We're doing Mario versus Sonic. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. I got now you got it. Like, now I got it. I'm like, Mar- <laughs> we're doing Mario I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I thought yeah. Eggman was his villain. Got a little confusing. I was going <laughs> with a Mario-Sonic thing. Yes, but I got you. the thing that worries it me was clever ab- now that you know. about Sonic is that the live-action CGI thing, is it going to be where it's CGI in Sonic's world, and it's like, cool, this looks good. But then it does that weird thing like the SpongeBob movie did. Oh, that. Where it's like they come to the the real world. And I hate when movies do that. I hate when it's like, we're going to the real world. And it's like, no, we're, no, these characters should not be in the real world outside of their. I mean, if they make it look as realistic as possible without making it like, oh, we filmed on. Like you, in, on location. Even looking at the trailers, did you think that the SpongeBob movie you saw? I mean, nah. No. That looks great. No. I, yeah, exactly. It was SpongeBob. You think I was going to think it looks no, great in but that, that's, at all? That's the part where if that happens, I'm going to be like, no. No, I'm saying if they make it look as realistic mm-hmm. as possible in the terms of 
Sonic, mm-hmm. like make, making it like semi. It's going to be weird, the kind of live action now that I'm like, saying it more and more. Right now, I am more confident in the Mario one, only because who's developing it? Same people that did Illumination. Exactly. They hit on Despicable Me. They hit on the Minions. Mario's going to look great. He the is. only the only question I have with Mario's is what story are you going to tell? I, I'm, Which castle is he going to save Peach from? Yeah. Because basically that's that's the main story. I get that there's a ton of different stories with Mario. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of them. They have the cartoon they can go off of. They have the Super Mario Super Shows they can go off of. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that one. They can go. At, they can also go after the uh, live action and adapt that. Go off of Jumpman. They could. What would you do for the story for Mario? That's a tough one because, I mean, there's so many different storylines to it. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the original one is he's Jumpman. And that was when the game Donkey Kong was out. Yes. So you save Peach from the on, top of the from the top of the the little construction thing. It looked like. Yeah, that's the first level. Mm-hmm. It gets a lot harder from there because um, you keep moving through. Yeah. Construction sites, but um, there's that one. That's the original one where he was not even Mario. He was still called Jumpman. Mm-hmm. Then there's. We start, I mean, there's a lot of them you're not going to go with. You're not going to go with the side-scrolling original Mario game. You're not going to go with, because, I mean, what, you you go down a path and, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be cool. You're going to throw all those elements in there. Um, the ghosts, you're going to throw in the Koopas, the mm-hmm. Goombas. I feel like I'm saying a lot of derogatory yeah. slurs when I say these words. <laughs> Luigi, Bowser, <laughs> yeah, Princess no, bring Peach, Luigi in, Pre- Princess Peach, Luigi, Toad, Wario, Toad? Yoshi. Yoshi, ooh, I almost forgot about Yoshi. Why Here, did... Here's one thing that I think of, though, and the, and artic- then, oh, go ahead. the article I'm looking at mm-hmm. brings this point up, and this is a positive in the sense of Mario that's not a positive in the sense of Sonic, because obviously Sega... Mm-hmm. has properties that it's their own, but like Nintendo, if this Mario movie comes out and it's a, it's a success, yeah, what's to stop them from going, okay, Illuminations, we'll do a Zelda movie, a Donkey Kong movie, a Star Fox movie, buy it. I would give take my money, Star Fox, let's go. Or even like a Kirby. Metroid Prime movie, a Kirby movie. There are so many different ways things that they own under their franchise that they could go the animated route and hey if Mario does well this could be a kind of like a partnership where it's like hey Illumination they're making some pretty good uh animated Nintendo movies yeah the only one that I wish when you listed mm-hmm. it that would be live action is Zelda yeah that's the only one I wish would be live action but I get it, it could be it could be but I would get it because they already have like a contract with Illumination mm-hmm. it's like okay do, now do Zelda for us well, and that's like Zelda's the one where you can even hold that one off. Yeah. The one that I'd really like to see is Star Fox. Yeah. That would be That'd the be cool. one where, and I'm talking, give me the original Star Fox where it's Falco. Do a barrel roll. We can, we can move one out. Slippy, Skippy, whatever his name was, <laughs> whoever. I always let him die first. Um, and then. Uh, let him die first. And then the do a barrel roll. Do a barrel that's got to be in there. You know yeah. that's got to be in there. Dual barrel roll. I want that crew. I want the crew from the N64 version. That's what I want. With the, um, with the I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the wolf. And every time you'd go to that level with the snow, mm-hmm. I see that you've outsmarted me, Starfox, or something like that. I don't that. remember it, but yeah. And then, because that was the level where it was the third level, I believe. Mm-hmm. Snowy, kind of like a Hoth area going on. Okay. And that was the, like, hey, it's an open area, and you just got to fly around and kill the evil guys. And then Slippy would be like, oh, my God, he's on my tail. Help me. And he'd be like, got to get him off your tail. And Falco would be like, hey, Fox, you going to help me out over here? And you're like, oh, got to go over there and help him. That's what I want. That is what I want for Star Fox. However, we're not on Star Fox. No. We're on Mario. I think the thing that's interesting about it is, like, we talked about Batgirl, and it's like, story, story, story. Mario, you can kind of create your own. Yeah. You don't have to go Nothing off of anything so. that that's, you've done. That's the great thing, great and horrible thing mm-hmm. about video games, movies. It's so creative. It's so creative that, like, you don't have a set. I mean, mm-hmm. you have your base set story. You have, like... Your set story is this piece of string mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. This is an imaginary piece of string. It's like when you were a kid. Hey, play in that cardboard box. 
It's a spaceship. It's a mansion. It's a tunnel. As long as you're playing in the cardboard box, whatever, you're there. whatever you want. I mean, what you have to ha- you have to have Mario. It's like have- Rugrats. Whenever they go inside something, it turns into like a cavern or something. Exactly. I mean, basically, here's the concept: you have to have Mario. <laughs> you have to have either like Bowser or King mm-hmm. Koopa. One one big villain. Who would you pick as your villain? Bowser. Would you go Just- Bowser? Would you go Wild Luigi and Wario? I would go Bowser. Have Waluigi. And or Wario, mm-hmm. if I'm going to have them in there as kind of a um, underling-ish, se- not like an actual like underling to mm-hmm. Bowser, but like a um, roadblock in a sense. Okay. Maybe have uh, maybe have Luigi in there as like a they sidekick. Can, Wario and Waluigi can be the bulk and skull. Yes. Of the Mario movie. Kind of, yeah, in Except a sense. maybe have a little bit greater of a role and not just be comedic relief. Oh, I completely agree with that. But yeah, have it like sort of a... Uh, they kind of look like Bulk and Skull. Kind of, yeah. Wario and Waluigi. bring that up. They do kind of. They're kind of... <laughs> the only the Bulk thing and is Skull War- the Mario. The only thing Wario's not as tall... Like, Bulk and Skull are evenly height, whereas Wario is vastly shorter than Waluigi. Yes. That's the only difference. But I... That Everybody pop- cheats. That just popped into my head now where I'm like, holy crap, Bulk and Skull, that works. That, that works. does work. They could be the Bulk and Skull I, of your movie. I wouldn't do exactly that like you said. <laughs> like you said, don't do exactly the Bulk and Skull. Pie in the face. Right. That was the theme, man. Pine. That was it. But go on with your movie um, for Mario. I'd have them be kind of like the the constant roadblocks of like, Trying to, like, mess Mario up. Because they don't like Mario. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Mario. They want to make life hard for Mario. Mario, and they're out for themselves. I think Wario's supposed to be, like, he just wants the gold. Mm-hmm. He wants the money. He wants the coin. Um, then have Luigi in there, maybe. Not, maybe not, maybe not the whole movie. Maybe part of it. Maybe, um, maybe all of it, if you really want to. But help him out. His It's his brother. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can always do that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking on the other side for Sonic. Yeah. I'm looking at a ton of websites. Most of them have the same thought I do. And I'm going to read this from Player.1. Okay. Um, Might not be the most reputable sources, but this is more of an opinion piece, if anything. Um, Since we know the Sonic movie is a live-action CGI hybrid, Mm -hmm. it's probably safe to assume the plot will involve Sonic entering the real world. While there may be a certain section of the internet excited for this prospect, everyone I know has the same question when I've told them about the movie. Why? Who knows? Maybe Sonic can tap into the same magic the Lego movies have managed to succeed with. That's the same thing I thought of. Like True. When I thought of him, because that's why I think the Mario movie is going to be good. They're just not going to deal with that. We're not having them come to the real world. No. We're going to be self-entertained with our story that we're going to create for you. I don't know why Sega has to feel like part of me feels like is it because you're like, well, A, we want to be different and B, we want to be edgy. That's another thing I look into, and it's like, no, you don't. It kind of reminds me of Marvel DC here, Mm -hmm. where (laughs) Marvel is the Nintendo in this situation. Where you know what, we're just gonna do. We're we're gonna play it safe. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it right. Is what I'm feeling right now. We're gonna do it right. Think of Mario's Iron Man one right now. Exactly. You know what? We're just gonna play it safe. And no, my Iron Man one Marvel wasn't the Marvel that we know today. Whereas the Sonic movie. I'm getting DC vibes from it where it's mm-hmm. like, we got to be edgy. We got to be different. Let's go BVS. Let's make it dark, man. You know what I keep thinking oh, man, more and super more? super dark. More and more thinking about the Wait, Sonic part. Your, your mother's name is Martha. My mother's name is Martha. We should be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm feeling with the Sonic movie already. And I, some people might say that is a unfair Way to think already because we haven't even seen anything about the plot. They basically just told us, hey, you're going to get it in 2019. Yeah. But that's how I feel right now, that I'm going to, like, one vastly different, vastly greater than the other, but the one I don't like is the one I really want to like because that's the property that my heart is at. That's how I'm. That's how I'm feeling right now. Uh, not not to ruin it more for you. I'm just but gonna you, just gonna stomp all over my flowers. Aren't yeah, you? kind of. Uh, when, you know what I keep thinking as I keep thinking more and more about the Sonic part mm-hmm. of this conversation, mm-hmm. Sonic part of the movie. 
You know what it reminds me of? What? Smurf movies that came out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they didn't... <laughs> just stomping on it. I hope it's The good. little bit of fire you had left, Ricky, I'm just going to stomp I on it. With I... it. I mean, I, those are not terrible movies mm-hmm. to show your kids. I Myself, I would not watch them again because I saw parts of them on TV. Like, I and just... I just did not find them entertaining. I just don't get the why do we have to bring him to the real world? Oh, Ricky's gonna have a tantrum. Why? No, it's serious though. Like, why does I'm Sonic your foot stamping and everything? Dude. Why? Why does Sonic? I was foot stamping, but He's why a tantrum? Why does Sonic have to come to the real world? He doesn't. And he doesn't. I, have, I, you're I, right. I, I get live action doesn't mean real world, but you tell me what it means because that's what I think it means. That's what I think it means too. Live action usually means you have live actors doing it not just voiceovers just stay in your animated world i you know what sonic movie i would love to see basically you don't need to give me an origin story i already know about sonic that's who most of you people I already know. know about him and eggman i don't see i don't need to see him go with eggman for an entire movie you know what you drop me into either movie 1 one of two things one's a rehash so it's like nah, i don't want to do that you could do the rehash first, mm-hmm. Shadow, basically, because that was from the oh, yeah, the Dreamcast game. Yeah. You could do Metal Sonic as a villain in there if you want something different than Eggman. But I would just go with the classic. Yeah, we know about Eggman. Eggman's doing his thing, and Sonic's got to stop him. Oh, what's this guy over here? The introduction of Knuckles. The introduction of Knuckles, <laughs> and you introduce that, and that's the story. That, I would like that, and just keep it in your little CGI world compared to make it live action. Don't you say what I know you're thinking. <laughs> Ricky. Don't you do you it. You know why they're not going to listen to you, Because they don't right? know the way, Johnny. You no, know, because you don't know the way. Because they don't know you the don't way. You don't know the way, Ricky. They don't know the way. Ricky, I do did, not. I didn't realize after <laughs> you said Knuckles, and my brain went, yes. You set that up for me. I didn't mean now to, I can I'm now sorry. I, can use it. I did after I was like where was I? My mind was so like in, aggravated with the live action thing. It was so thing. surrounded in the live action thing that after I got to it, it was when I saw your yes. eye light up to where I'm like, "No, what did I do?" He said there were knuckles and boom. You know what it's the like? The meme started. It's like you were I'm going to use a sports reference for Johnny who doesn't understand it. It's like you were at the plate with your baseball bat yeah and i threw a fastball right down the middle Mm -hmm. and as it's going just slow motion and i'm thinking no (laughs) and you just right out of the park (laughs) that's what you did like i i I missed my location and you made me pay and sent it over the wall that is basically what you did to i'm sorry any final thoughts on Mario versus Sonic? I'm um, just going to drop it and say Mario has it right now because every time I think of the Sonic one, as of their description so far. I hope maybe, better things come out maybe for they it. Will I hope fix they what change they're me. Sa- maybe they will give a better description of what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I just think Smurfs movie. I hope not. I hope I hope the Sonic movie maybe, is good. Maybe Sega will and, find a way. And I don't even want this to be like an Xbox PlayStation thing or like a Marvel DC. No, thing I don't. I just want them both like to be one good. against the other. But because I enjoyed the I, I enjoyed want, the Sonic games too. I want the Sonic one to be so good because he's my favorite. He's he's one of my, like he is. You know how most generations like I think the generation right before us, mm-hmm. Mario was what they grew up with. Yeah. Sonic was the video. My first video game that I played, besides like Duck Hunt, mm-hmm. was Sonic. See, my first one was oh, it was Mario. I didn't really have the Sega as a kid unless I well, went to the pediatric hospital. Well, and it was um, <laughs> and that was and this is a side thing to end the podcast with. Yeah, that's just like I had a original Nintendo, an mm-hmm. old school Nintendo, because it was my dad's. Yeah. And I remember playing things like Mario and the Ninja Turtles on it and Galaga. It never got me all the way. Like, it never pulled me in and sunk me into that world. Whereas we got a Sega. I hooked it up. I put that Sonic cartridge in. And it was like, okay, I am in. Sega's my favorite console. This is the one I'm going with. And I was a Sega boy. Still played Nintendo. 
But I was a Sega boy. See, I was heavy on Nintendo for a long time, so that's where Mario really hits in. Super Nintendo me. tried to pull me away a little bit from the Sega, mm-hmm. but then it was like Super Nintendo and Sega were my main two. Well, I mean, I was going with. for me, I had the original Nintendo. I had the N60, mm-hmm. my first three systems. Yeah. And I'm when I, bear with me when I say this, was the original Nintendo, mm-hmm. the N64, and the, the the big brick Game Boy. Skipped a couple generations. With yeah, I the know. N64 to the, N- to the Nintendo. Original Nintendo. Yeah, I yeah. know. I didn't... N64 is a great console, though. It is. Well, and guess what? When I went from N64, the next step up was PlayStation Yeah. Too. So I tend to skip generations because I stick with the system for a like, while. I liked Nintendo. Like, N64 I liked. Super Nintendo I really liked. But really, my favorite consoles were Sega... And then the only other console that gave me that same exact feeling the mm-hmm. first time I pressed play was literally when I pressed play on the PS1. And you saw that opening screen, the doodaloon, and you see like the, it was the orange diamond at the time. Yeah. Th- that feeling, every time I hit play, same feeling over and over. And then I went to the PlayStation 2, you had all the like, the blocks and the blue like, um, and the worry if the game was going to load. There. That too. There was that on the <laughs> chunkier ones, the big ones that I had. I and then PlayStation that. 3, PlayStation 4. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. For Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario, are you guys excited for both the movies? Are you not excited for one of them? Let us know what you think down below in the comments down below. And if you're listening to the full podcast, either on YouTube, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Anywhere around the world, podcast services, thank you for sticking around. Let us know what you thought about any of the topics we talked about today. A little bit of housekeeping here at the end. If you like what we're doing, check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Any bit helps. If you want to get your own MVP merch, get that t-shirt down below in our store link. Make sure to bookmark mostvalvepodcast.com. That's where you're going to find everything for MVP. And last but not least... Please go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, give the Rick and Johnny Podcast a five-star rating. Want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. However, as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.